Hello and welcome to Persistent and Nasty Podcast. This is our Edinburgh Festival Fringe 2019 series. Throughout this series, we will be talking to women of the fringe, from producers to directors, writers and performers. We hope you enjoy all of the podcasts and get along to see as much of it as you can. This podcast was recorded at Assembly Club Bar with thanks to Sharon Burgess, Danny Ray, Connell, Chris and all of the staff at the club bar. As we are recording out and about, you may hear some background noise. Hopefully it won't affect too much, but it might just give you the vibe and atmosphere of the festival. So sit back, relax and enjoy some persistent and nasty women. Welcome. Um, we have Jenny Falls with us. So Jenny, just tell us about yourself. Hi. Hi. Um, so I am from Edinburgh and I live in London. Um, I'm a spoken word poet. Uh, I mainly do comedy stuff. Um, but it's been really nice to come home to the festival with something that I've written. I've performed before in the festival when I was a lot younger. I used to do youth theatre in the Fringe when I was like 15, 16, and then I was um, I was an actor for 12 or 13 years. Um, but I haven't, hadn't really performed for about 11 years, and then I started doing spoken words beginning of last year, and it's been amazing. I found my thing. You found your thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so what made you stop acting? Oh gosh, big question. Um, we also have the lovely Monica Gibb here with us, who's also an amazing actress, and she might just her, speak from <laughs> her well, that's like, use <laughs> Here I go. Hi, Monica. <laughs> you can just you can just talk whenever you feel the need. Um, um, why yeah. I, why did I give up acting? I gave up acting because. I Actually, let's change it. Get, okay, yeah. Such a weird. Phase, yeah, it's and weird because it, it's, it's not. I that I said that. Yeah. You just. Stop. Then can continue doing it. Yeah. yeah. Stop. Stop for a moment. Yeah, because I think with uh, acting or any performance or any creativity, it's like innate in you as mm-hmm. a person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of you. I've always thought it was part of my personality. Um, so actually, to give up working as an actor was really hard because it was all I ever wanted to do. But I was also aware that it wasn't healthy for me. Mm. Um, a lot of waiting beside the phone and I had a really bad run of luck with agents uh, and uh, yeah I just decided that there the world had enough uh, bitter actresses <laughs> can I say that yeah, you can swear don't worry great go out with an explicit rating so. <laughs> I have a mouth like a pirate so Brilliant. thank you for telling me that so I, I decided that for myself and for my own mental health that it would be better for me to step away, but it took me a long time to come to terms with it. Mm. It was really hard. Yeah. Uh, and I was in London. I'd moved to London because my agent was there. And, um, yeah, I just... I, it took me about a year and a half to make the decision, but I made the decision and I ended up working... <laughs> in the city, in the Gherkin, of all places. Okay. So, yeah, it was kind of a bit of a contrast. Mm. Um, but um, but I'm glad that I did it because I wanted to leave it with um, good memories. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it to turn anymore, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely, no, it totally does. Mm. And then you found... 
your thing. Yeah. Spoken word. Yeah. It's, so it's, have you always been a writer? I haven't always been a writer. I, I mean, I wrote bits and bobs when I was younger. I I was asked to do. I was asked to write a, a, a dress for the laddies for a Burns night by one of my friends, uh, Suzanne Robertson, who's a brilliant actress, and she uh, asked me to do it. Uh, and my first reaction was like, no, 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 I haven't performed in years. I don't. I, I can't. She was like, Jenny you have to do this. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Um, so I said to her, let me start writing something and if I like it, then then I'll say yes. So I started writing something and a couple of weeks later, I was like, oh, actually, I quite like that. And then I said yes and I did it and it was like instant. I was like, there you are. God, you've been hiding for all these years. And it was a bit of a light bulb moment, to be honest. Uh, and I've not really looked back since. It's been it's been amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it's been really amazing. So tell me about the piece that you've just had at the festival. Um, I've been doing like I've actually been doing little bits and pieces at different people's nights. So I did a I did a show at uh, Loud Poets at the Storytelling Centre. Uh, so if anyone, it's a gorgeous venue. It's a beautiful venue. We were in the theatre and um, as a night it's. It's, it's amazing they're really lovely so if you get a chance to go there's like five more shows go <laughs> um, and then I did a night called She Growls which is a feminist night at the um, at the uh, Banshee Labyrinth which is a, it's a it's a London night that's come up here I've done lots of different compilation nights because I do um, kind of short bursts of it so I, my, my pieces are usually about four or five minutes long okay. so I'll do like a 20 minute or 25 minute set um, but my thought is to try and piece something together for next year <laughs> to do my yeah. own show. So, yes. yeah. Yes, excellent. She Growls, is that what it was called? She Growls, Tell yeah. Tell me about it, because I'm already loving it. Wonderful, yeah. absolutely wonderful. I, I was there that night, and it was really inspiring, and and it always sounds as if, you know, oh, stand-up poetry, what the heck, that's, what's that going to be like? It was vibrant, it was alive, and Jenny, you were outstanding because I hadn't seen Jenny for a while and we'd worked together as actors and then suddenly to see this blossoming <laughs> woman coming out and, and saying her words and, and making us laugh, cry, take note of what's happening in the world was just awesome. You were a super. Thank you Monica, Aww. that's a nice thing to say. Oh Monica. I know, I know actually it's like everybody needs a Monica. Yes, like, absolutely. <laughs> No, it's true. <laughs> it absolutely it's really is true, wonderful. yeah. <laughs> Monica Gibbs has been in my life for oh, how many years? 19, Eight, 19 years. years. 19 years now. Yeah. Lucky yeah. you. And, yeah, everybody needs a Monica Gibbs in their life. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, so what was, was that piece specifically for? Uh, for She Grows? Yeah. No. So I, um, I am a resident poet for a night in London called uh, Rhymes with Orange. Uh, we're on, the, I think it's the second Thursday of every month at the, um, the Horse and Stables beside North Lambeth Station. And we, uh, we write to theme every month. So I write about 10 minutes of performance a month to theme for that. And then it's great, it's actually a great way to write because um, you can then pick and choose the things you want to take to other nights mm -hmm. or maybe you kind of don't like something or you can expand on something but it gives you an opportunity to stay creative and keep yeah. you on your toes. 
Um, so I had put together a set of about 20 minutes um, for She Growls. And it's quite, I mean, I, I generally write comedy, but, but also at nights like that, you can kind of do some more serious stuff as mm. well. And it's been really interesting to figure out um, how to curate my sets. So you'd like to take some take people on a journey with it where you kind of go, right, if I do funny, funny, serious, funny, funny, mm-hmm. then you kind of, you can take them on that journey with yeah. you rather than being serious, serious, funny, serious, serious. Um, it means that I can still write the comedy that I want to write, but uh, I can also say the things that I want to say. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, mm. no absolutely. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that piece? Uh, well, the ser- more serious yeah, one. Yeah. Um, I wrote it. Um, it's called "I Am a Bender." Great. <laughs> um, I wrote it in response. Well, one I wrote it for "Rhymes with Orange," and the theme was protest. Okay. And um, I wrote it in response to the two women who got punched in the face on the London bus for not kissing in front of the group of men. Mm. Uh, it's been a bit of. a it's quite a bugbear for me. I've been openly gay for uh, 22 years and I've lost count about how many times these these really creepy guys step into your relationship. So there's kind of, there's three parts to it. One is the kind of, because we're women, mm-hmm. so there's the misogyny. Yeah. And then, and then they step into your relationship. So you're having a moment with someone that you love. Yeah. And some creepy fucker will walk past and be uh, and will say can I watch can I join in you haven't met the right man yet but then they ruin these moments and it happens I've lost count about how many times it's happened Uh, and I I can almost guarantee every lesbian couple that is uh, that there is has had it in one way or another Um, so there's that and then when they realise that there's not a place for them then comes the homophobia Mm -hmm. and the, the abuse so I wanted to write a piece about that, yeah. I suppose. Okay. Um, and actually, it's, when um, it starts off, it's like all the names I've ever been called... All the names I've ever been called... Um, in, in a, but people kind of find it quite... It's quite funny to start with because uh-huh. it's like... Can I, can I yeah, do about it? So, so it, start, it starts off, it's, uh, I am a bender. No, I'm proud to be a bender, and it has nothing to do with my gender, but the gender that I bend with. I am a skirt lifter, and that's funny because I like skirts, and he likes shirts, and he's a shirt lifter. I'm a rug muncher. I'm a muff diver. I'm a les or a lesbo. I bat for the other team. I'm queer. So the, for me, that's like all the names I've ever been called, but in, a, in an aggressive way. Yeah. Whereas it might sound quite funny to mm-hmm. reclaim them and say them, oh, like, I'm this. And, but by the end of it, it repeats at the end of it. But because you've kind of heard what I've got to say about yeah. it, it's not that funny anymore, I suppose. So it's kind of a five-minute piece on that. Um, and I've done that, I've done that a few times um, at different kind of feminist nights um, and... I, I'm, and kind of just other, yeah, other spoken word nights in London. So. And what's your reaction been to it? Apart from obviously really Monica's <laughs> glowing report. Really powerful. Sorry. Yeah, really powerful. It's um, I've written two pieces about being gay, and I wrote them for Pride Month. Okay. Um, and both of them have had a really beautiful response. Um, I kind of one of them is about a part of my coming out story. It's about when I was sixteen, um, and 
I posted it on um, I posted it on Facebook and the response was actually from people from my school okay uh, who had no idea that I was do- that I was going through that at the time and the response was quite kind of like you know being 16 is shit enough as it is yeah. and you're at school and we were at an all girls school and it was it was it was it was the worst thing you could be was to be gay um, and so the response was it was it was really beautiful kind of uh, that was really beautiful the other thing that was really beautiful and the, the night that I um, the night that I performed it for the first time at Rhymes with Orange there was a a young lesbian came up to me and she said she was like thank you so much for saying that her she had she'd just come out she'd come out three years previous but she hadn't dated anyone yet and she was on there on a date with someone that she just started dating and on their way to come to see us she they had trouble with a bunch of guys we're saying stuff to them um but she came up to me she was like thank you for saying that because nobody ever says it yeah so stuff like that where you can kind of i love doing the funny stuff because that's just a big part of me. I love nonsense. Um, who doesn't? Who doesn't? I mean, who doesn't love nonsense? Because the world is shit enough as it is. It really is. <laughs> Some nonsense. Yeah. Um, but, but in doing those two pieces and getting the response that I got, it's because it's something that I, I feel really strongly about. Uh, it's, been, it's been really special. So I can kind of... Because I've not really been writing long, um, I can see because of the response I can see the power of words yeah and so actually for me it's it's maybe a bit of a nudge in the direction of using what I'm doing for more of that Mm -hmm. for kind of being a voice for for either that or something else that means means more than just being silly (laughs) I suppose (laughs) but being silly is great but being silly is great being silly is great and actually but actually a lot of my a lot of my pieces are silly but have a point as yeah. well. Yeah, well that's so. what, you know, you were saying, you know, you start your your piece off and it's funny, yeah. and then by the end of it, um, you're repeating that and it's got a totally different meaning for yeah. the audience, and maybe if you don't have that light-hearted approach sometimes, yes. the message doesn't always reach. Doesn't land, yeah, yeah. absolutely, because I think... Um, it's uh, Have you seen Hannah Gadsby? Yes. I mean, Annette... Yeah, I mean, she's just she's, she's just amazing, um, and yeah, for, for her, like she's a prime example of of being someone that can make you cry laughing, mm-hmm. and within the her, like within a second will have you crying. Yeah, but she this her setup, like the setup uh, that she. Well, what she sets up actually by the end of it you feel bad for laughing mm. because it's not fun it's actually not it's funny, not funny. Yeah. but it's the way that someone sets it up oh look this is I'm the clown this is the funny thing that happened to me and then but then the way that she says it when um, rephrased then you kind of go god that isn't funny why was I laughing at that yeah but that's she, but, but she, but she, that's her point is that yes, she that, that really to, to she didn't want to make a living Laughing at yeah. things that actually hurt her. Exactly. Anyway. So she owned the things that hurt her, and then still made you laugh, but said, "Actually, look what it's doing to me." Isn't that kind of what she does? Yeah, mm. exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so it's quite a it's a really powerful way to. 
I suppose, get a message across. It, yeah, it really is. It's, um, it's fascinating how... <laughs> how we take it for granted of just having a conversation that actually can make a difference that like mm-hmm. we, we think about it all the time and you doing your spoken word or her, doing her stuff it's, it's you're putting it out there in the hope that somebody else is actually listening and hearing and then that will maybe continue and that point of view might change or shift or just even resonate a little bit yeah. somebody will pause for mm-hmm. a second because you know just you even saying about being a female and having the misogyny of just you know the general walking down the street and then you saying about being in a relationship I would never have thought about that from that right, point okay. of view so already I'm like oh my god but then I can think about times where I've maybe been in a club or whatever mm-hmm. and I've been out with like boyfriend or whatever and, the, and a guy has come up and been like oh why are you with him you could be with me I'm this I'm that mm, no thanks mm. <laughs> bye bye but that's it's, there's there's a difference. Maybe there isn't. Maybe there isn't a difference. But I would feel that that is really different because if I was having a, a personal moment with mm. my partner, I don't think another man would come up and say something like, "Can I join in or whatever?" Yeah. Whereas for you, if you're having that moment with your partner, that's so intrusive. But but it's not only that. It is different because a man wouldn't come up to you and ask you to kiss in front of them. Yes. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Because that's because it's porn, right? So, yeah. so the 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 that, and that's the point I'm making. The piece um, that I wrote is it's just because you watch porn with two women being together doesn't give you the right yeah. to creep on every girl couple you see. Yeah, and and that's what happens is that you know I've had many many. Um, Situation. I mean, I've lost count of how many situations. One in particular, I was on my f- first date with my ex-girlfriend, Beth, and we were having a picnic in um, Clittle Park in London. And a guy, a group of guys were about 50 metres away. A guy walked 50 metres over to us, and he said, my friends and I have been watching you. If you come to the pub with us and do that for us, we'll buy you free drinks. Wow. I don't even have the words. Like, yeah. I, I'm, but, but what happens is then you kind of go, please, can you leave us alone? Yeah. And then he says it again. And then it's like, please, can you fuck off? And then you become the angry dyke. Yeah. And that's the... the it's it, And I've lost, I've lost count of about how many times that's happened. And I, all my friends, you know, like, that, that, I, that I've also experienced it. Mm-hmm. And it's something that people don't think about because mm-hmm. it's like, why would you think about it? <laughs> it doesn't. But also, but it doesn't. It's. Not, I'm not saying that. I'm not no. saying that. Oh God, why aren't you thinking about? it? I'm saying, well, why? There's no, no reason you would think though. about it. Yeah. Because it's yeah. part of our society and it's a part that needs to be dealt with. Yeah. So, it should be getting talked about and it should yeah. be thought about. That's okay. why I wanted to say it. Yeah. Because I think that it's it's different. It, it is. It's a different thing from gay men. Because there's there's two other parts to it. There's the misogyny and the and they step into our relationship yeah. and then we get the violence or the abuse. Yeah. So, um, but what was interesting? What was really interesting was the reaction to those two girls. Like the, the the girl took a photo of herself and put it on Facebook, and the reaction was disgust. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe this happened. 
has to take someone to put a photo of themselves on Facebook for them for there to be discussed when yeah. it when it happens all the fucking time. Yeah, like it's, it's happened. Certainly happens for twenty two years of me being openly gay. It would have happened for a lot longer than that, you know. So, um, yeah, it's just interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just a mm. bit like my brain is going <laughs> and rage. Yeah, rage. yeah, yeah. I mean, the <laughs> thing is, it's not like it happens at, like every minute of every day. No, but, yeah, it, it happens enough. It happens enough. It happens enough that you. What happens is you edit yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are places I won't hold hands with whoever I'm with. I will not hold hands with whoever I'm with while I'm walking past a big group of men because it will be, uh, it will be the comments, it will be attention, it will be names. Then there's a uh, there's a an element of unsafety. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm selling those guys short. Maybe they won't do that, but it's still a learned behaviour oh, yeah, because it's, it's happened. Mm-hmm. It's happened before. Um, so yeah, it is. It's yeah, it's something that's. That I hope will change, but I can't see it changing. <laughs> can't see it changing because there's there's oh there's a lad culture. There's a lad culture that's attached to it, where it's like oh yeah, like two women together. Wow, like because it's because of porn. Yeah, and por- yeah, and uh, our young people are so exposed to it. Yeah, and, and it's and, and porn's so just easy for them to find. Yeah, and but that sounds like you've had that's had such an impact on your life. And when we talk about porn and men looking at it, and they came over to buy you, yeah, to buy you a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was there. The cost of you mm. a drink to do whatever they wanted to do to you. How does that impact on your ability to form relationships, to to be who you are outside as well as inside? How does that affect you? Well, there's a sense. I think there's a sense of. Um, well, there's two sides to it. One is that you want to stay safe. Yeah. Mm. So there is an element of not holding hands in certain places or certain areas. or. But then the other side of it is that we, we need to normalise it. Because yeah. if you don't normalise it, then people are still going to look at you. Yeah. You're still going to get the looks. You'll still get the comments. Yeah. So you're kind of caught between... It's a like rock a, and a hard place. A hard rock and hard place. Yeah. I generally try and be brave and just uh, beat because I'm quite a tactile person so whoever I'm with I'm like I want mm-hmm. I want to kind of show them that I care about them and that it doesn't matter you know but then also I want to make sure that they're safe because there's also I mean there's been times where I think there's been times where because I'm quite mo- I'm quite quite mouthy <laughs> I'm quite I'm going to put my hands up and say I'm quite mouthy <laughs> Um, and what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that, yeah. but but I I don't want my mouth to get me into trouble, and I don't Something want to else. put whoever You're I'm right. with in trouble in a situation that I can't protect them in and I can't protect myself. But I don't want to have to protect myself. It's not like it's but, the sense on yeah. yourself, though. Editing yes. yourself, you said it as well, and I think yeah. um, I think as females, um, and I say that as for people who identify as female as well. Um, we're constantly editing ourselves yes. wherever we are absolutely, um, and whatever we're doing and I know I can be mouthy mm. and I can be cheeky and I can have attitude when it's required and I have caught myself numerous times being on nights out um, or have said something and my husband has said to me you're saying that but it's not you that they're going to hit mm. and I'm like oh 
because I just don't think that violence is always going to be the first yeah. thing. And like, come at me with your words, and we'll have a like. If you want to have a go at me, then let me hear what you've got to say, and I'll give you it right back. But why does it always have to come down to violence? Because it's part of our society, isn't it? In that lad culture, mm-hmm. before you, if you can't say anything else, then what's the next thing to do? Push, punch, spit. Yeah. So, in that premise, have you ever? maybe all of us, but have you ever been approached by another woman who has... No. Uh, no, never. No. It's always been men. Yeah. And you? No. Interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say... The thing is, like, and I don't want... Because I no, love I guys. I love no, men. I, I love guys. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, we all do. It's not... It isn't a... Because it's not every one of them. It's not, no. There are far more, I think, than we realise. There are far more allies. It's just that they've also been shut up quite a lot. Yeah. I mean, most of my best pals are guys. Like, uh, whether, I mean, whether they're gay guys or straight guys, I've got so many guy pals who are disgusted by the stuff that goes on, who are just like, how, like, how is that okay and how does someone think to themselves, oh, do you know what, I'm going to go and do that and that's okay. Um, I think that's what I find hard to comprehend, is like, where in your brain does that say that it's all right for you to behave like that? But then I can remember lots of times, like being younger, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember one time walking home, like that's why I um, lived in Glasgow when I was training, and I lived um, in Pollock Shields, and I remember getting off the train, and I was walking up to uh, my flat, and there was a group of boys and they were all behind me and they were all talking and they were all saying stuff and I was like okay, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going just keep going, keep breathing, keep breathing, keep breathing okay I can see, I can see the end of my street I can see the end of my street and I can hear it, I can hear it I can hear it and then eventually I was like I can't I don't know what to do and I walked past like the takeout shop that was like next to us and my flatmate Mark who was always in there getting his takeaway, sorry Mark but you were <laughs> <laughs> Uh, getting your chips and cheese and uh, and um, I kind of went in and the guys were like oh hi hi and I was like hi and they were like are you alright and I was like oh there's just some guys outside I'm just going to wait till they walk past but they didn't walk past so they were waiting for me coming back out and the guys actually in the shop went out and shouted at them and two of them walked me around the road which was lovely but why at 19 did that have to happen? No it's and just it's weird that, it's just and like, I mean We've all got stories like that, yeah. right? We've all got, and there's more than that, and I can think of plenty, but yeah. that one of the the walking behind you and how we edit ourselves and how I was like, okay, if I just like don't say a word, I won't, I'll keep my mouth shut. Whereas every bit of me wants to turn around and go, fuck off, leave me the fuck alone, yeah. or I'm going to scream so fucking loudly that you will not have a chance to do anything. But mm-hmm. I knew if I did... The consequence. Yeah. The consequences, and that's it. Like, like that we all edit ourselves because of the consequences yeah. and actually even you were saying about your husband saying um, yeah. you're not you're not the one that's going to get hit yeah. but then so then then you have to edit yourself because you don't want to get him to get no. hurt but it's like how weird is that that we feel that we have to do that yeah uh, yeah I know totally um, so you live in London oh gosh yeah well, let's, let's mix it up let's <laughs> Here. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I've been in London for almost fourteen years. 
Was acting the medium of Daniel? Yeah, yeah, that's what you said. Yes, it was. Yeah, I did. Um, I got tag. I did Tiger, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yes, classic. Classic. <laughs> I know. I feel sorry for everybody that's coming out of Scotland now, they're like, no tiger. What's the end of it? What do you do? Yeah, so well, you've got, got River City, that's kind of... That's true. <laughs> yeah. I think they've all got in common, though. What did you do? I was in tiger. I only really. did tiger once, so, but I was the killer, yeah. so I was like... Oh, yeah, I got murdered. Did you? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and they said murder, uh, like, four times when I got arrested, so I was like, yes. But then I used to have hard hours, and now I've got soft hours because I've been in London for too long, so... Um, yeah, I did tiger, and that was my moving to London money. Right, okay. I was like... Did I that. Afford, I can afford it now. Yeah. Um, and it was when John Hubbard was um, casting it as well. Yeah. So you're like, great. So I've got John Hubbard's yeah. tick. <laughs> and uh, and I've got like a pocket full of cash. I can move to London. So I moved, uh, I moved to London, moved to Muswell Hill. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I've, I've been there for 13... I can't believe... It'll be 14 years in January. I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah. It's like London's such a vac like a time vacuum. Yeah. Um, and you, c I think the old. I'm forty this year. I'm forty in October. Which no is, way! Don't look at. Oh, <laughs> thanks for saying that. <laughs> um, and it's a bit of a milestone. Uh, I'm, I'm actually moving to Brighton. Oh, I love Brighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, excited. Decided. I'm like. Getting see. Uh, yeah, I've kind of, I've done London. Yeah. I mean, London's been good to me. I'm tired. <laughs> I've had a lot of fun in London. That's yeah, kind well, of... Um, and I've met some beautiful people. And it's also given me a lot of... Um, from a creative point of view, it's uh, it's given me a bit of a, a kind of foot up in, in lots of different respects. I had a, um, I had a blog uh, called Happy Graffiti and it, pr it promoted positive vandalism. So it was like nice things people wrote on walls. Oh. So it's like... I've been a bit of a dick for writing on your wall, but I've just written something really nice. Misha's leaving us, guys. She's Bye. been hiding in the back. Misha. <laughs> I've been living for this chat. I've loved every minute of it. It's powerful. You're all amazing. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye. Love you. See you. Sorry for spoiling the middle of it. You didn't spoil it. Never. Um, yeah, so uh, I did... Yeah, it was called Happy well, Graffiti, yeah. and it was about uh, nice things people wrote on walls. So, yeah, I've been a bit of a dick. I've written on your wall... But it's a really nice message. <laughs> that was basically <laughs> it. So it was like I started off. Uh, it was a conversation actually I had with my one of my best pals when I lived in um, in Edinburgh. We were at a party and um, we were standing. He, he lived on Bread Street, and his flat looked onto this really creepy lane. And we were having a chat beside the um, beside the kitchen window. And out the corner of my eye, I noticed somebody had written the word smile five foot high in emulsion paint on this, in this really creepy looking lane. And he admitted that he, uh, he'd, he'd done it the week previous because he hated doing the dishes. And now when he does the dishes, he could see the word smile. <laughs> and then we, had this st we started having this conversation about how you never see positive graffiti. You always saw really negative graffiti because it was the 90s and it was a lot of hips graffiti. It was like quite just, um, it was just tagging and, and whatnot. So after that conversation, I, I started, whenever I had a camera with me, before mobiles had cameras, yeah. um, and then when mobiles had cameras, then I used to take, I started a collection of photos of positive vandalism, um, just, just for my own, just for my own, like, just because of that conversation, I used to love positive vandalism, which is just something that I was a little bit obsessed with. And then um, when I moved to London, I lived, uh, I, well, I lived in, in Muswell Hill, but I, um, I used to go out a lot in Shoreditch, kind of around Book Lane, yeah. 
uh, and then I also lived in Brixton and so there's loads of like graffiti, street art, everything but I just used to spend hours, I used days walking around taking pictures um, and so I made this collection and uh, my my best friend and I bought a house. We were having a housewarming party, and it, the house the house we've got is a it's an old milliner's warehouse. Um, nice. So we had a hat party because it's a, oh, <laughs> obviously because it's yeah. an old hat factory. And uh, I was saying I was quite pissed, and I was like, I said, wouldn't it be great if you just had like a Facebook page that you just like, dedicated to like nice things people wrote on walls? I'm going to start one up. It's going to be called <laughs> Happy Graffiti. Like that's what it's, that's what it says in the tin. And I started it up, and within. Within like a within a week, I had about five hundred followers, and then uh, within a month, I had a book offer. Wow! From there's a there's a book there's a book called um, called Shit London. Okay. And it's all the funny shit stuff about London. It's like photos. Like, yeah. And they, uh, the publisher wanted the antithesis of 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 shit London. Um, but I ended up actually going with a different publisher, but. Um, but yeah, I, and I did that for about seven years. So when I wasn't acting mm-hmm. and I was working in the city, I was dicking about taking pictures of vandalism. <laughs> That's kind of like... Um, nice, like... Yeah, totally. Your creativity going yeah, while I, you're yeah. working in the city. I needed, I needed something. Yeah. I needed something creative that was did mine. You have, like, a proper job in the city? Yeah, I did. I worked for, I worked for an, invest, an asset management company. Holy shit, that is um, And I, I was a PA for years. Um, and my boss I'm was amazing. Really good at PAs, being PAs. Yeah, my my boss was amazing, and I ended up looking after her for nine years. Wow! And I still I'm still great friends with her. Yeah. We go for dinner every few months. We're just she retired, she's great. Um, and um, and I still do a little bit of that. Uh, a kind of bit on a more senior level. Um, uh, for an ad agency, I've got uh, I do like public speaking coaching and like coaching on like soft skills, so like non-verbal communication, okay. like confidence, resilience, calm, all the shit that all these th- all the th- all the things we need. Uh, so it's been really nice to make a bit of a shift into that as well. Uh, but yeah, going back to the graffiti stuff, the great thing about um, working in the city was I was five minutes from Brooklyn. Every lunchtime, photos, yeah. Uh, you just find the, and it was always, it was always the li, the little things that were the things that I, I loved. Like mm-hmm. one day I went, I was walking uh, down beside Spitalfields, and uh, somebody phoned me and I was like trying and I turned around, and some there was a bike and somebody had just written on the back of the uh, the bike seat bum with a smiley face and I was just like <laughs> yes that's amazing I've just been a dick because I've written on your bike seat but it's <laughs> so always the caveat but it's um, got a smiley face but it's got a smiley face, face. exactly um, and so when I made, when we made the book I ended up uh, there's a actually the person the, the person that that is the reason I wanted to do spoken word in the first place her name is Laura Dockrell She's an amazing. Um, she's an amazing woman. She's she's a she used to be a Docker's MC was when she was doing spoken words, and um, she's an, she's an illustrator. Her first book was published by Harper Collins, but it was handwritten, hand drawn. Harper Collins published it. And it was called Mistakes in the Background. It's beautiful, beautiful object. Um, and actually, I've bought and given it away so many times yeah. um, in t- in ten years. But it ended up that. Um, through through a friend, I 
actually ended up getting put in touch with Laura and uh, she ended up writing the foreword for my book. And so, uh, and in, the, in her foreword for the book, she, she said, um, uh, the first bit of happy graffiti I ever saw was on a toilet wall and it said, I like girls and I like boys and I shouldn't have to choose. And then there were comments underneath and she said, so by my estimation, the toilet wall was the first ever social media. Mind blown! <laughs> Mind blown! Uh, and uh, yeah, and at the end of it, she said, "Good luck with your book, Jenny. You naughty girl." And I was so like, <laughs> I was so like, yes. I, I remember seeing her doing spoken word for the first time and being so bowled over by what she could do and being like, "God, I wish I could do that. I'll never be able to do that." And now I'm doing it. And I messaged her. Um, I messaged her a couple of months ago. I sent her one of my poems. I wrote a poem for my friend uh, who's just had a baby who was one of, my party, one of my party friends. And I was just talking about how it's like a different kind of up all night that she's got now, but it's fine. And, um, and just, I suppose, like uh, telling her that she's not lost her identity. She's still all those things and she's also these things as well. Mm-hmm. But she, Laura Duckworth's just had a kid and I sent her the poem because I was like, I, th- I thought you might like this. But I was like, I just wanted to say thank you because like, you're the reason I'm doing this. Um, yeah, and I just feel incredibly lucky that she kind of wrote my foreword for my book. It's just kind of a bit of a, a bit of a bonus, really. I love that you sent that to her. Yeah. I love that um, I kind of have started doing this thing when I see something online and if it's by somebody, I'm just like, I send them a private message and I'm like, just like, thanks so much for that. It really made my day. Or, yeah. like, because just let's try and appreciate each other yeah, and totally. build each other up rather than the constant. So I'm like... I did it the other day, I saw this girl's tattoo work and I was like, wow, like incredible tattoo wow. work. And I was just like, yeah, amazing. I'm just going to send you a message on Instagram, tell you I think you're fabulous. Yeah. Keep, going, keep doing you. Yeah. Because the thing is, you, do, you you forget. I think that I think that we all forget, especially people who've got, oh, you've got 50,000 followers on Instagram and, and you kind of think, oh, well, they're sorted, they're fine, they don't need... They don't need my validation. They don't need validation from me. Why would they need... But actually, to get a message from someone and being like, I just want to let you know that you made my day. Yeah. Like, what a lovely thing to say. When I did, ha- when I did Happy Graffiti, the one thing that... The, the, um, when I did the book, the one thing that st- stood out for me, and when, I, when this happened, I was like, that is it. I'm happy. I don't need to do anything else. I got an email from a guy in New Zealand and he had found my book in a library he didn't even live in a city he'd found my book in his local library and he'd been carrying it around with him for a week because he used to do he was a graph writer in the 80s and he used to do positive graph when everybody else was just tagging their name Mm -hmm. he would do positive like a positive word just like love or like whatever it was and he's like, I used to do graffiti in the 80s and um, no one else was doing positive stuff and I found your book and you've totally made my day and I've been showing all my friends and I've been carrying it around with me for a week and I just want to say thank you. And I was like, you've literally... <laughs> done, like that. I don't need anything else from that now. That's yeah. like... Because it wasn't about money. I didn't make any money from it. It, it was... It was like That for me was like the perfect... It's just a beautiful thing. It's to, beautiful, really beautiful. To appreciate each other yeah. and your work or just, you know, a kindness of something I totally. think is so important. Yeah, it's so important. And I don't think there's enough of that now. Mm-hmm. I think that everything's very saturated uh, with advertising and, like... Or, like, even influencers, like... Like, like Instagram used yeah. to be really fun because, yeah. like, it was just about 
people sharing their yeah. like yeah, and it wasn't even about it wasn't just boasting it was kind of because I, I discovered Instagram a little it felt like a little bit before it went yeah um, mental and that's why happy when I started doing happy graffiti because it was perfect for happy graffiti because it was just about sharing these little messages that I used yeah. to find um, but now it's just it's so saturated with with yeah influencers like on under the guise of something else, something else but actually just selling you shit you don't need you know or or adverts or whatever I just think it's so um, I think it's so important to show gratitude to people um, and, and not assume because we all assume we, we just assume that everyone's alright and we're most of the time, we're hanging on. Yeah, exactly. Actually, hoping that someone will send you a message like that. That's yeah. like, but yeah, I like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start doing that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Spreading the love. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I just, I just think it's so important, and it kind of stems from all the women that I admire in my life, and just do I tell them enough? Mm. Do I say? Do I say thank you for being my friend? Thank you for being my mum. Thank you for being my sister, my grand, my aunt. My f- yeah, like my soulmate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's so many variations on that. Yeah, we do, don't we? We really do. Oh yeah, that's like, you're so right on that. I think it's kind of, um, like my my best friend Lee, uh, is like he's like one of my soulmates. Yeah. And he's it's, it's completely platonic, but he's just like, he's just like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and there are so many guises of that, you're right. Yeah, there's so many of yeah. it. It doesn't need to be that romantic version mm. of it. Yeah, it's like we were talking about it last week about your coven. Oh, like yes. finding your coven. Yeah. Right, like yeah. I'm all about reclaiming the coven because right, it's yeah. like it's become so taken over by misogyny and a bad thing and like, you know, you're a witch, you're this and all of that. But actually coven just means a group of powerful women. And that energy that can come from that. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. So it's just about that energy that that's where it comes from and that's what it's about. So it's like I'm reclaiming it because actually when... And males can be in our coven too. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all like-minded people who are trying to make some sort of positive change. That's amazing. I like that. That's what I'm going with on coven. I'm taking it back. Yeah, do it. Reclaim it. Yeah. Because it is... Reclaim it. We're getting badges made. Yes. We're going to have find your coven. Yes. Can I have one? Yeah, of course you can. As soon as we get them, you can have one. Brilliant. We can also have a stay nasty one as well. Oh my God, yes. We basically ran out. (laughs) <laughs> and the um, company that we use them their website's down guys can you sort that out <laughs> um, so that I can order some more so yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just like checking time oh my god right okay so um, we've been asking everybody okay uh, the phrase persistent and nasty so that is what we are called um, we had numerous discussions when we were trying to figure out a name for who, what we were going to be um, persistent obviously nevertheless she persisted which is why we picked that. And then nasty was again about reclaiming the words yeah. because of the whole Trump thing. Yep. Um, so when you hear that phrase, what does it mean to you to be persistent and nasty? Well, it's funny, being persistent has a negative connotation, doesn't it? Again. Again, it is, like the reclaiming it. Yeah. But actually being, you would never say about a guy who's persistent. Exactly. So yeah, you're just driven. You're driven, yeah, yeah. Ambitious. <laughs> ambitious and driven. Yeah, yeah. But to be persistent, I think that's just sticking by your guns, isn't it? Yeah. It's like to keep going in the face of adversity. Um, I think that 
there's so many times that I wish that I was had been more persistent. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think that I think that probably we're because there is a negative uh, connotation to it. I think we probably stop ourselves sometimes. Yeah. Kind of put, puts a cap on it. Yeah. I mean the nasty thing. I mean, don't even get me started on Trump. So, um, <laughs> like, and the, and the way he uses it. Yeah. Is is just it's just fucking horrible I mean it's just awful and he wants to he wants to conjure up an image of these women that then people are going to use that language but I love the fact that if you can reclaim it then take away his power take away the power yeah exactly absolutely it's like the old you know witches and all that and the witch hunts and everything the easy attack to call a female a witch yeah well actually no because most of these women were just using their brains or their intuition or their yeah. herbs to fucking so make it better. Make it better. Yeah. Because yeah. so, he yeah. would never say that about a man. No, never. He was a nasty man. No. Nasty woman. You're such a nasty man. That would never happen in a debate. No. While they're trying to give you actual facts. Oh my god. Anyway. Anyways. Yes. So yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Monica, do you want to do or can you do you want to save it for when it's just your podcast? I will do it later. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind if I just give a little plug on my? I'm about to please give a plug to all of your things. Um, I am on at Jenny with words on Instagram and Twitter, so it's at Jenny with words. Um, yeah, on Twitter. No, I'm not on Facebook. Good for you. I'm, oh, I'm on fa- I'm on Facebook, but my poetry's not on Facebook. So it's at Jenny with words. Do you have any events coming up that are booked like later on in the year or anything? There's a few. Uh, well, there's London. I've got. Um, God, no, I'm joking. I know exactly. <laughs> it is on the 14th of August. No, September. September. No, it's on the 12th of September at the Horse and Stables um, at North Lambeth Station from 7.30 so Rhymes with Orange is our is the spoken word night that we do um, if you follow Rhymes with Orange spoken words uh, on Instagram you get all the details there fabulous so, it's been lovely to meet you it's been lovely to meet you thank yeah, you so much no I problem. have to do my little tag out and it's just me so it's really weird <laughs> so thanks everyone for listening and stay nasty this is it.